Remember two weeks ago when I introduced a Leitare Sunday and 10th episode giveaway? Well, it's time. Today is the day we will announce the winner of the Leitare Sunday Collection of Delights giveaway. If you've been following us um, on Instagram at Diamonds for Our Children, you've seen a little preview of all the little delights going into this bundle, and I can't wait to announce the lovely, lucky winner of our collection of delights. So stay tuned to the very end of today's episode when I will announce um, this lovely winner. And just a reminder of all of the fabulous things that this person has won. The first one is a copy of the Book of Delights by Ross Gay, which I will inscribe for you. The second one is this lovely candle from the Otter Creek Shop, which has exclusive art on the front by Melissa Kobe. It is also going to benefit the Loveland Foundation. Um, so a, a double prize there. And then an exclusive tumbler from Michael and Mary in the Morning, which is a morning show podcast that I listen to to lift me up um, and to brighten my day. So that is an exclusive tumbler that you can't get anywhere else. It is super cute. I can't wait to give it away. And then next is a print, which was taken by Mary Kantner Photo on a 35 millimeter film camera, and it is gorgeous. It's this big, beautiful cherry tree. Um, it's such a beautiful picture. And actually I ordered a, a second copy for myself and put it in my office because I just love it that much. So, um, lucky winner gets that. And then in addition, our last two items, a um, beautiful bandana from Be A Heart Design and a notepad that she designed, which is just absolutely gorgeous. And I can't wait to tell you who won. So stay tuned to the end of today's episode. Welcome to the Diamonds For Our Children podcast, a public humanities project and motherhood ministry. I'm your host, Katie Jo LaRiviere. Drawing on all aspects of what Pope St. John Paul II called the feminine genius, I gather together the narratives, expressions, and expertise of mothers as a collective epistolary given freely as a gift to all children who might need the loving and secure presence of motherhood. This podcast is for my little ones, of course, but it's also for you, dear one, whomever and wherever you may be. If you need the love of a mother, join me every Monday. Each episode is a facet of the diamond of motherhood, and each contributes to a unified love that reflects light back onto the world. Let us fill our hearts up so that we can pour them out. Mother Teresa of Calcutta famously said, Today, if we have no peace, it is because we have forgotten that we belong to each other, that man, that woman, that child is my brother or my sister. In my letters to you, my darlings, I'm almost always, one way or another, exploring the question of what and who you are. It's a question I will always ask, a consistent current of my mind paths. Today, I'm thinking about what you are, as I have before, but I'm thinking specifically about this question's end. 
the who you become because of it. I'm thinking about the fact that you belong to our family. You belong here. You belong in this time and this place. And I'm thinking about your relationships with others. A relationship that begins with the small and intimate world of our family. And yet, our family is not where your becoming is fully realized. In fact, it's only a teacher. A place to learn what belonging is so that you may extend belonging to others long after you leave this time and place. Augustin Fuentes, biological and evolutionary scientist, recently gave an interview, which I'll link in the show notes, in which he explained the scientific and cultural phenomena of the holobiont, a fundamental yet emergent way of understanding what makes you and I what we are. The holobiont is an ecology, a living system involving a primary being like a human or a tree, which is sustained by its symbiosis with the other lives in its environment, and indeed the environment itself. Several scientific articles published within the last decade have kind of put it this way. A holobiont is a collection of species that are closely associated and have complex interactions. And in this way, it means that the primary being that I just mentioned actually becomes less primary. It's a way of really working together. So it's a plant species and the members of its microbiome, for example. Each species present in a holobiont is a biont, and the genomes of all bionts taken together are the hologenome, or the comprehensive gene system of the holobiont. A holobiont typically includes a eukaryote host and all of the symbiotic viruses, bacteria, fungi, etc. that live on or inside of it. So, humans. Humans are holobiontic. Not simply in a relational sense. We have relationships and need relationships with other humans to survive, certainly. That's a holobiont. But even more deeply, we are holobiontic within our very bodily being. We are those eukaryote hosts living symbiotically with every organism that makes us up. Scientifically, medically, the fact of our existence is the necessity of relationship. And so the notion of relationship, of belonging, makes up our very selves. Spiritually, theologically, we know this. St. Augustine, not the professor I mentioned before who teaches at Princeton, but the one of antiquity who taught at Hippo, explained that God who is love, therefore exists as relationship. We say he is Trinitarian because love necessitates other-oriented directional action. He is the lover, the beloved, and the love that moves between them, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When he gave to us our being from himself, He gifted us himself. We are his image and likeness. That is to say, we reflect the essence of love 
when we participate in love. The depth of our being relies upon relationality in our bodies and in our souls. Yet perhaps you, my dear one, whoever and wherever you may be, perhaps you're not in a place in your heart where you can hear me speak this way. And if that's the case, I get it. I still love you. And I will emphasize all the more emphatically that you belong to me. The word belong simply affirms the definition of ourselves. To belong is to rightfully participate in mutually beneficial relationship. Although more recent uses of the word have emphasized an understanding of belonging that implies ownership of property, right? This book belongs to me, for example. Other definitions, to be a member of a group or to be rightly placed in a specified position, for example, they reflect our place in the holobiont of human life. Yet what if we embraced this valence of ownership in our understanding of ourselves? As your mother, I'm here to tell you that we must. And this is where I shall begin to define what I mean by mutually beneficial relationship. That relationship of symbiosis that is necessary to the holobiont. Naturally, of course, we desire to embrace the privileges of ownership of our belonging to each other, and of our relationships. Your presence brings me joy, and I gain many good things by the simple fact that you belong to me. You're my child. I can ask you to do the dishes, for one thing. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding, really. But we cannot truly enjoy these benefits until we first embrace the responsibility we have to each other. I couldn't possibly ask you to do the dishes without having first given you what you are due. For the happy person is not the one who receives, but the one who has already given gratefully. Therefore, in our belonging to others, and in their belonging to us, we have inherited a serious duty to care for each other. By virtue of being human, whether we like it or not, our bodies and souls were made to care. And care is a sacred responsibility, which we are to guard closely. Let me be less philosophical here and perhaps more sternly maternal. It is not simply good for you to love your brother and sister. It is not simply nice for you to show them kindness. It is necessary, not only for their survival, but also for your own. One of the greatest mothers the world has known did not have biological children. But St. Teresa of Calcutta mothered us all by her understanding of what it is to belong and her absolutely serious commitment to care as a sacred duty. One of the most well-known things about her was that she adapted a poem by Kent Keith called The Paradoxical Commandments. And she had them posted to the wall of Shisubafan, the children's home in Calcutta. 
This famous adaptation bears repeating because it professes what it means to take seriously the responsibility of loving one another. Here's how it goes. People are unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and frank, people may cheat you. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spend years building, someone could destroy overnight. Build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, they may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world the best you have, and it may never be enough. Give the best you've got anyway. You see, in the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between just you and them anyway. Here today, I propose to you an additional revision to these practices, an addendum, really. The imperative to love anyway is not a nice thing you can try. It is your duty. Your personal mission on this earth is to love. If you do nothing else with your life, you must love. All the approval in the world, even mine, means nothing if you do not love. And what is it to love? Is love a matter of blind acceptance? Does that phrase, do it anyway, mean that you accept abuse and forget the slights that come to you? Sometimes, depending on the situation, it is all of these things. Sometimes, when it is dangerous to you, and others, it is none of them. You will hear many definitions of love in your life, but let us think of it this way today. In order to love, you must remember that you are part of an ecosystem, a holobiont. Body and soul, you survive by the labor and gifts of others, and they survive because you give yourself to them as well. The notion of doing it anyway is the principle of giving in practical terms, which facilitates survival and perhaps even becomes a means to thrive for another. That is love. Our bodies do it without even consciously knowing that we do it, as Fuentes explains. Quote, the holobiont, this is this basic concept demonstrated in a very, very rigorous way that organisms are, ourselves, cells that are made up of our own DNA and proteins and all of that, plus thousands, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of other organisms and their DNA simultaneously. 
And in this way, as St. John Paul II explains in his Theology of the Body, the body speaks a language. Now, the late Pope discusses this in terms of what our bodies mean theologically, and the language our bodies speak to, to each other. And so they're not necessarily talking about the same thing. Yet Fuentes' scientific perspective explains that not only do bodies speak to each other, but also that within the physical body, there is an innate language of self-giving. The body knows and articulates the truth of ourselves, that we belong to each other in relationships of self-giving. And so, when I said earlier that you belong to me, I mean that I recognize the value of giving my love to you lies within you, simply because you exist, you are worthy of love. This inherent worth, as well as the impulse to give of ourselves to others, is a deep, almost ineffable truth which speaks of our belonging without our need to be conscious of it. The word we use for this deep way of relating to each other is caritas. That's Latin for charity. And your whole mission in life is to translate this language of the body into your soul, to act according to what you are. Now, I don't know when you will hear this message, my dear one. Perhaps you will not recognize what I'm about to say because, God willing, our world will indeed be better when you come of age. I can only hope so. But here and now, in this world I'm writing of, we have largely forgotten what we are. And so who we are is suffering. Of course, this is part of a fallen human condition. But in the beginning, it was not so. And we must work every day to fight this amnesia of the soul. Therefore, we must fight fiercely to remember what we are and to remember that your siblings and every person in this world around you is made to love and be loved. As a result, we must fight to restore the oppressed to their dignity as well. We must feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, shelter the homeless, care for the prisoner and those who are ill, bury the dead, and give to the poor. Justice demands it. We must listen to those with whom we do not share experiences. And we must give voice to those who are ignored or disempowered to speak. Most of the time, Giving voice really just means shutting up. We must actively resist the evil forces which seek to divide and destroy the truth of our belonging and the truth of who we are individually, which is to say whole and integrated beings. And we must resist the same division socially because division speaks a lie about what humanity is the unified jewel that reflects the beauty of its creator in all its diverse ways. This means we love, for example, by actively fighting racism within ourselves and our communities, 
and working to correct systemic injustice. We love by continually calling to mind our own divisive attitudes, like unhealthy competitiveness, jealousy, hyperproductivity, and unconscious biases such as racism, homophobia, misogyny, and ableism. We must attend to and practice unlearning them. Both you and I must commit to this undoing as a lifelong practice of love toward those who share our cultural ecosystems. In practice, these acts may appear more like mercy than like love. Our culture so often conceives of love as a reward for good or normal behavior. There should be scare quotes around that word normal. That is behavior that affirms the structures of power we have created and in which we participate unthinkingly. Thus, acts that affirm belonging rather than good social behavior can seem to reward those who haven't done anything to earn this love or who perhaps seem not to deserve it. Yet the love with which we are created, that is the love of God, and by which we are made to function, both in body and soul, is itself gratuitous and unearned. The systems of the holobiont do not calculate the costs of survival. They simply do the work that is in front of them. Of course, these thousands of organisms do not feel that they are loving in doing what they do. Nevertheless, they reflect the love with which we are to act. That is, they give of themselves without regard to the worthiness of their beneficiary. The mystic monk and scholar Thomas Merton makes a similar argument. This is one of my favorite quotes of all time, and especially of his. He said, Our job is to love others without stopping to inquire whether or not they are worthy. That is not our business, and in fact, it is nobody's business. What we are asked to do is to love. And this love itself will render both ourselves and our neighbors worthy, if anything it can. What he means is that love is not based on the person you are loving. Love makes you a worthy person. Indeed, love in this world is always a mercy, a gift offered from the self for the sake of the other and not a reward for good behavior or being productive or acting correctly or any number of things. Still more, this love is a necessity for daily living, like water and food. Feed the hungry with your love, dear one. Make your life a series of tender mercies. Finally, as we move through this life, we must discern the truth among all ideas we encounter. Truth and love only are themselves when they are together. Many ideas will inspire the opposite of love in you. Some may present as benign, but underneath the surface they will be destructive and unloving. 
Many people who offer you genuinely good ideas will not agree with your religion or your political beliefs. So that is to say, some ideas that really are love come from unexpected places. It may be confusing to some who will not see how you can disagree with them and love them at the same time. That's fine. Like Merton says, your ability and duty to love does not depend on the worthiness of the person you love. We can learn from, respect, and love absolutely anyone, especially if we disagree with them. How can we learn from those with whom we disagree? How can we respect them? How can we love them? It is only done by loving them as a person, not an object, not for an objective reason, not for a reason at all, but loving them as a person. This means we must learn to see each other not necessarily for who we are, but for what we are. Each person has valid personal experiences, has a background, has traumas. Each person comes from a wildly different place, even if you think you know them. Trust me, you don't. There's no way to know someone as deeply as we think we can. Each person is created with the dignity given by our Maker, and each is capable of great goodness despite our shortcomings. Each person is created in God's beautiful image and likeness, and each person belongs to each other. Last week, we spoke with Destiny Herndon De La Rosa of New Wave Feminists about some tangible ways we can take action for justice and truly create a culture that eschews dehumanization on every level. In the next several weeks, we'll engage various issues of justice with the issue of true humanization at the center of these discussions. I have several exciting conversations coming up with people you should know. First is Carolina Allen of Big Ocean Women. That's one of the organizations Destiny mentioned on last week's episode. And then Cecily Smith, the founder and executive director of Abide Women's Health Services in Dallas, Texas. I can't wait for you to hear that conversation. Then I have two beautiful and incredible friends who will discuss dehumanization and disability from two very different perspectives. It's going to be a beautiful, tender time coming up, but I know we're ready for it. We've already come so far. In the meantime, while I will definitely link the interview with Dr. Augustin Fuentes on the show notes, I want to suggest a compilation of thoughts and writings by Mother Teresa of Calcutta entitled A Call to Mercy, Hearts to Love, Hands to Serve. The message therein, and the message I hope you're getting from our little time together today, is that you, my child, you are capable of heroic acts of love. Sometimes these most heroic acts serve the same people who live with you, 
or work with you. They are not far from you, but they are starving for your attention. Give it to them and sustain your ecosystem with the gift of yourself. Okay, I promised, I promised that I would reveal the name of our winner for the Leitari Sunday Collection of Delights giveaway. And I am so excited to announce that at Angela Dow, you have won the Collection of Delights. So I will, um, and that's your Instagram (laughs) name. So I actually don't know your full name. So I'm going to DM you on Instagram and get your um, info so I can send you this lovely bundle. I'm so excited for you. And I'm just absolutely overjoyed to send you this lovely little collection. I hope you are delighted with it as I am. Thank you so much for spending time with me this week. You are a beloved child. And today for just a few moments, you chose to be with me. I'm so honored by that. I hope you can feel how much you are loved. If you know someone who could benefit by spending time with us, will you invite them to the Diamonds for Our Children community? Help them find our website at diamondsforourchildren.com. Send them a link to the show on Spotify, Apple, or any podcast platform. Or search for Diamonds for Our Children on Patreon. Patreon members are eligible for lots of good things, especially the opportunity to help me turn this mama love into tangible giving in our communities. You can also share what the show means to you by reviewing the podcast on the free Apple podcast app. Rating and reviewing helps others to find our community and our love. And who knows, your review might just be featured on the doc website. You can also get in touch with me via email at diamondsforourchildren at gmail.com to ask questions or share your thoughts with me. I can't wait to be with you again next week. Together, we create facets of a unified love that reflect light back onto the world.